0: Hello! Welcome to the Rogue Tours Podcast. My name is Chad Durham.
1: My name is Jacob Hampton. I'm Eric Wood.
0: And we are here with one of my most uh, anticipated episodes that we do, which is our top 10 favorite movies of the year. It's very exciting. Uh, obviously, we hear each other. We talk uh, about movies a lot during the year. But I th- I know deliberately I avoid mentioning this is for sure on my list. And sometimes there are movies I don't even, not that I don't mention them, but I don't play them up quite as much because I know they might be on the list and it's fun to kind of reveal them today. Um, and, and as always, our emphasis is on favorites. We're, we realize that not all of these will be Ones that everyone includes—they're not all Oscar nominees. Uh, they're ones that hit for us in some way, and so we always we always uh, emphasize that as well. We wait until the end of January because since we are not critics, we are not paid for this. I mean, I think I think we all have a pretty critical eye. Yeah. We, you're I, not, I mean, to say not we're paying,
2: you're not paying.
0: Okay. To say we're not critics, I guess is uh, maybe maybe we should be critics yeah. and called critics, but we don't get paid for it. And so we have to track down some of these movies that actually are considered as coming out in 2018 in the month of January. That's kind of what we do, in theaters, on video, if uh, you know, or DVD. Pardon me, that's my oldness talking. But um, so we wait until now. And uh, to start off, before we jump into our top 10, we wanted to just have a very brief discussion about the Oscar nominations, which did come out just last week, two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Or whatever. Yeah. I think it was two weeks ago. Um, and we will do, by the way, those of you who followed us a lot, we'll do a Facebook live video probably on February 19th around 4.45, 5 o'clock, where we'll say who we would pick in 10 of the top categories. Um, and you can kind of see like if we had a vote or if we were the ones who got to decide who we would pick. But what are some thoughts you guys had about the Oscars? Some brief thoughts before we jump into to the top 10 lists.
1: Well... Now that I'm only down to one movie that I'm blindly hating on, because <laughs> I did see Green Book and uh, didn't hate it, but I'm still, uh, very annoyed at not only its best picture nomination but its many many nominations besides that. How it's... many nominations did it get? I don't know, but I just know that it's in. Weird. Five. However, I think many... five, okay, five that's too many. Too, too uh, many because it's in weird stuff like editing and. Mm. I did think editing play. was weird.
0: It it is strange with Green Book, which I have also seen at at this juncture. It feels very, like a very simplistic version of lots of things. And I'm okay with it. Like, I, I liked the movie. I cried I during t- the movie because that's what I do. I did not. But it also feels like we did Driving Miss Daisy in
2: 1989. Uh-huh. And, and, and the
0: reverse. In yeah. And it, and, and it feels like the nuance that you see in some other stuff. And I hate, I hate, honestly, I hate to be like, is it just because it was a white filmmaker? But a lot of the ones that have nuance and, and more subtlety and complexity are Black Klansmen, Black Panther, Get Out, yeah. Sorry to Bother You, movies made by black filmmakers oh, yeah. that can yeah. c- comment more on these ideas of race from a place inside feeling a lot of that, if Beale Street could talk. Yeah. Um, and so like some of the criticism that was leveled at the fact that it was white people, it hits for me, Like feels relevant, mm-hmm. even though that's probably not the only thing. And I get Peter Farrelly made it, and I get that he was like, "No, it's like a buddy comedy." Like I get all that.
2: Well, I think a little bit of the buzz too about it, like the real people behind it not being completely on board. Yeah, I think. Yeah. that, I think there's some that undermines. I mean, the movie is the movie, and I think I can respect it for what it is. But at the same time, I think you hear those things, and you got to kind of, you know, yeah. think and play those things yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. And I, like I said, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I as thought did it I. was a crowd pleasing. Yeah, but it didn't. To me, Strike a Chord, like, oh, yeah, let's let's get this one nominated um, nominate. It just seemed... Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I enjoyed it more than I expected to. I, well. did. I really did. I really did. I think but, I
2: undervalued it when I went into it. I was like, I, I wanted to... I didn't want... I had a really weird vibe with this one because I wanted to see it initially. Didn't make it do it when it first came out. Then when I did watch it a little later, I was like, okay, it's better than I gave it credit for. Sure. It. But it wasn't like, I'm floored. Everyone go see this. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But I know yeah. it had that effect. Like, some of the students that I work with were really moved by it. And I don't know if there's something that maybe I'm too critical on it or what, but.
0: When I think, like not what? to throw students under the bus, a lot of students listen to this podcast that, that I teach and I'm very, super grateful for that. But they're, they're younger and they haven't seen as many movies. Sorry if you disagree, you can, you can take it out on me in class. But there's, there is like a little bit of a maturity and then that, as something that comes from having a critical eye all the time. But they, they weren't around with Driving Miss Daisy, you know what I mean? Okay. And so, and not just Driving Miss Daisy, that's, I, I don't mean to only use
1: that, but. No, but like, for me, it was probably like, when I was in, like, right out of high school, the help came yeah. out, right? So it was like, yes. that was very similar of, uh-huh. just like, a, a,
0: a very little,
2: basic take on like.
0: Right. A little, a simplistic This version. is racism,
2: here's how you overcome it. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. There's the formula. Truth but. be told, I, know, I have not seen the help, I need to see the help. But yeah, I feel like there's just a saturation of films on racial... And it's a hot topic right now. Yeah, yeah.
0: So. And, that, and, and I don't even think... I mean, like I'm fine with that, right? Mm-hmm. Let's make movies that... But I'd rather see the ones that have a little bit more I, of a complexity and a nuance. I don't than, know
2: why I didn't I can't pinpoint what I didn't love about it. Like, I didn't love the screenplay. I didn't love... Like, I thought the acting was Yeah, solid. they're both good, although... They're both
0: really good, at, but... Man, I love Mahershala Ali, but I hope he doesn't win.
2: Yeah, no. I, I'm going for someone else. Personally. And he's yeah. probably
0: going to win, and yeah. he's great, and I will support him in so much stuff. But man, I hope he doesn't win. Side <laughs> note: him
2: and True Detective, go watch it. He's, fantastic. <laughs> he's wonderful, and he
0: just like won that. two years ago for Moonlight. For well Moonlight. deserved. I was completely on that train, and I feel yeah, like Moonlight let's let's reward far. someone else if we can. Like I don't know, Sam Elliott. Agreed. Or Side note: so
1: yeah, Sam <laughs> yeah. So that one to me just to literally. <laughs> Classify it as this is one of the best movies of the year, or the best screenplays of the year as well. It just seems insane to
2: me. Yeah, where are you? Where are you at with Black uh, Panther? Black Panther. Where does that fall in the hole you I I it. love Black Good Panther, question.
1: especially uh, for an MCU movie. But uh I could do without it for best picture. But I'm not as annoyed
2: by it as I am. See, because I I didn't love Black Panther. To me, that's. That one bothers me more than Green Boot. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Yeah. Like, and I think I'm, I'm okay with Green Boot. I'm higher
0: on Black Panther than both of you, uh-huh. it sounds like. Some of that comes from my respect for Ryan Kugler. Mm-hmm. And just the willingness to tell the story in a way that he told it is I I mean and yeah, and I'm fine with everything you guys said. And I wouldn't like if you gave me a list and were like, make the top ten nominations for Best Picture, Black Panther's not on it. But when it got it, I was like, "Cool,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: I'm cool with this." I, get that. And, I and
2: thought it was I Ryan Coogler
0: should have been recognized for some other stuff, so I'm glad his name is showing I, up. I now. thought
2: it was both cool that it was nominated superhero thing, but I also yeah. it was the other side of that that it's also a superhero, and I think I'm I'm a little sad. Yes. oh that yeah, too, definitely.
0: So. I mean, and there's an element of like, could it have been Mission Impossible or something like yeah. that? That also feels like. But I'm just glad. That there is a willingness to recognize, excuse me, a movie like that, and and like I'm okay that maybe
2: it like wasn't that. the Dark Knight, okay,
0: you know, or something yeah.
2: like that, like superhero like that, or like that like racial like no, that, like
0: uh, neither of those, like a uh, so, blockbuster like that,
2: okay, Big. that
0: bigger, lots of people saw it, but it did a good job of bringing in themes that are still interesting and and mm-hmm. you know, okay. cool. complex. I keep using the word last, complex.
2: But. Last question I have on this. Where, did you guys feel like, because we're talking a little bit of the racial, yeah. um. Race, movies, about race movies about race and, and, and racial relationships. The other one in there is Black Clark Klansman. Klansman yeah. Did that feel saturated as far as racial tension and that sort of thing? Like too for, many
0: movies about race
2: or yeah, like. Yeah, almost it, like in the same, the same criticism we're giving, you know, maybe. Green Book. Green Book. As far as. Did, well, that, I, did that hit on it for you? Because no, it well, didn't for me. No, I it know, didn't. Towards the end, because I've had this discussion with some other people, yeah. At the end, there is a little bit of Spike Lee goes and you know. Uh, hits we talked about or... a little
0: bit on the on a previous episode about oh, okay. showing some current footage of things. Mm-hmm. That's what you're talking about, yes, right? Yeah. Yes.
2: I liked that part. What was yeah. it that li- did that? So that that make it feel more real, or was that what Sh-
0: more relevant? Okay. And I I think I talked a lot at the time too. The reason I I like the script.
2: And timely, like, I I Spike Lee,
0: even definitely. And okay. I like Spike Lee as a director. I'm glad he's finally nominated. I didn't I necessarily think there were a ton of directorial touches in Black Klansman that I was gaga over. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. but I like Spike Lee, yeah. And I'm glad he's, he's recognized. But what yeah, I well, liked I was I could the
2: pinpoint of very like, man, this Spike Lee really hit it here. Yeah. But I felt the whole thing consistently yeah. like drew me in a lot more than I anticipated being right. drawn in by the story, just yeah. generally. I liked <laughs> the black comedy that mm-hmm. was super.
0: Like, it it made me feel uncomfortable. I, I, and yeah. I did touch on this in a previous episode, mm-hmm. but when they have, like, Adam Driver having to say all these terrible, terrible things, mm-hmm. and it is meant to... I, I, I hesitate to use funny, but because I didn't laugh, per se, but it's meant to disarm you. Yeah. Just the fact that in those moments he has to say all these things to be accepted, and that was very relevant to what we see around yeah. us. or, Or things... You know, that you can finally say again without being too political. Mm-hmm. That, you know, would have been taboo in the past and somehow we've opened a door and suddenly people can say things again. And I think it, Black Klansman wasn't necessarily one of my very favorites of the year. Mm-hmm. But I think those moments of resonance, there were a few of them for me, were, were really... I had no problem with Black Klansman being in there. Even, oh, if I it, didn't even though, you know, I may not mention it today. So, you know, and I'm always glad with, I I was saying this today at lunch, anything that can be made by a filmmaker who is not my gender or my race or my ethnicity or whatever that can give me a window Mm -hmm. into that gender, race or ethnicity Mm -hmm. or culture, I am into. And I think Black Landsman Get Out, If Beale Street Could Talk, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that did. And I didn't feel like I saw that window in Green Book. Mm-hmm. and I feel like it was giving yeah. me a window into stuff I didn't understand hmm. when I felt that in some of those other ones for me even Black Panther for me yeah
1: really surprising lack of nominations for Beale Street by the way yeah. overall especially we were just talking about James
0: Laxton's cinematography yeah, it's so gorgeous uh,
1: oh man that opening scene and is, is Green Book in cinematography a better know no 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 no. Okay, no. it's the three foreign <laughs> movies
2: oh that's right Which was what a surprising, surprising category and then the favorite Roma, and the star what's the, the uh, Never one? Look
0: Never Look Away yeah Stars Born, which has great cinematography, and yeah. Favorite, which has dynamite yeah. cinematography. Cold War is really pretty. Yeah, I'm going to track that down. That's one of the ones I haven't seen. Same I really want to track down Never Look Away. I want to say two quick things, and then that, if you don't mind, well, and you probably had something more to say too, I'm making your comment about female-led movies, but um, mm-hmm. I wanted to just say, sad, there was nothing for Widows, for me, that mm-hmm. was sad, like even just a, a, a token screenplay nomination, and super excited Super excited for Buster Scruggs three nominations that I was so pumped, Especially for a screenplay when they showed up on screenplay. I was like, oh, I I feel strangely okay about uh, The Oscars even though weird other things happened That was one I did not expect and it was announced first because it's um, it was alphabetical So they're like best adapted screenplay, which I also didn't know Buster Scruggs had a couple of the stories were adapted So I thought it would have been an original anyway. Yeah, and so then when it came up, oh. That was probably my most uh, excited moment of, of the Oscar nominations.
1: Nice. Uh, I was really happy for Yalitza. Oh, yeah. nomination for Roma. Yeah, for that's sure. I think that's awesome. So I mean, cool. I hope she wins. Honestly, she's yeah. my vote for the category.
0: It'd be interesting if it kind of, if it swung, the Roma stuff swung so much that she could even be with those other three heavyweights that mm-hmm. are up at the top. The only one who won't win that category no matter what is Melissa McCarthy. Sorry, Melissa. Sorry,
2: Melissa. She's not out your completely. Year. Yeah, now you're
0: here. And then uh, Eric was just saying something before we started <laughs> recording. Just something interesting about female female led movies. That...
2: Yeah, just the if the two probably favorites, the top two nominated films, The Favorite and Roma. <clears throat> if one of those wins, it'd be two years in a row that you have. A female-driven story that would win. Yeah, I read an article cool. about it. It doesn't happen and... very often. No, surprisingly. Yeah. I, think... Yeah, that'd I also be very think. Cool. I also think the directing um, surprise for me was Bradley Cooper not being on there. Oh that. gosh. And just and... just for no, I don't want to say
0: that yet because I'm going to talk about something later. But okay. Yes, there are a few things that he did in there that I feel like he should have been. Was there any,
2: for? Can you think of any re- Like, is it? did he do something well, is he I mean, too the good. I I think, such a good actor I think that they, they said fit, no. They, I think they it. fit Adam
0: McKay in there because there was all that love for vice that not everyone knew would come. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of pushed him out because it's Yorgos Lanthimos and it's Alfonso Cuarón mm-hmm. and it's Blake, Spike Lee. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's uh, there's one I'm forgetting besides Rose. Cold War. Then it's Cold War. And then what is the un- other forgetting? Forgetting? one? It's not Peter Farrelly, he didn't get nominated. I'm trying to Green Book, Bohemian trade Rhapsody, trade no, trade no, 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 Black Panther, no. Oh man, we should have the list out. I'm so sorry, everyone. Yeah, we should. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> what is the last one? It's gotta be obvious. Oh, and, and Adam McKay.
1: Oh. I just so we didn't said it all. say Adam
0: McKay. Okay. So right? Yeah, involved. yeah, 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 yeah. So Adam McKay was the one to me. He was on the bubble on a lot of people's, mm-hmm. and there was all that love for Vice that was semi unexpected, mm-hmm. even though the Golden Globes had had it, mm-hmm. and I just think there's also always that possibility of like people expected everyone else to nominate. Yeah. You know, that happens sometimes, did like Argo. And I, I think I said this to you in text. I think that I wonder if that might end up pushing it to Best Picture of *Stars Born because of people being like, well, Bradley Cooper should have gotten nominated. That's yeah. what happened with Argo. That's true. Yeah. I definitely don't think Argo was the best movie that year. Sorry, everyone who loves Argo. But okay. I think Thank Ben you. Affleck not getting nominated was... did love me some Argo. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I own it. Like It's good. I just, It was a surprising Best Picture nomi- yeah. yep. nomination. Uh, win, win for me. Win for me. Cool.
2: Okay.
0: Awesome. Uh we'll yeah, we'll we'll share some more. Yeah, yeah. If you want to talk Oscars, uh, you know tweet at us. (laughs) If you know us, text us, you know we'll do it. We'll do it. All right, let's talk about movies that just missed our top ten. We're gonna jump into our top ten in a minute. We wanna give a shout out to movies we couldn't we didn't have room for. Eric, if you don't mind starting off movies you think uh
2: you would have wanted to get in but couldn't. Any? Uh we've talked at length Green Book. Okay. I didn't put that in my top. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, Widows as well. Uh, one of them. Beautiful Boy. Didn't make oh, my list. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. I'll be honest. Um. Uh, where. What do we got here? Uh, Black Panther didn't make my list. The Old Man and the Gun. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, Sicario 2. I uh, mean, you know. <laughs> um. <laughs> those ones were some of the ones that were just out for me. Nice. Nice. Uh, oh, I've got one last, uh,. In my favorite genre of the scary movie, horror movie, *Hereditary* didn't quite Did, make didn't the tent. didn't quite make my list. Uh, yeah, if I were a betting man, i
0: I think we might hear that <laughs> later. <laughs> so I'll spoil you're... it.
1: I'll spoil it. I'll <laughs> say you. I'll say you won't. Actually. Oh, you yeah. won't. Okay. Oh. All right. Thank you. But yeah. I'll throw will uh, throw in another yeah. honorable mention for it. Just yeah. *Hereditary* was
0: awesome. Mm-hmm. Nice. I had four. I wanted to mention specifically that were at at all. All of these were. Considered for my top ten, multiple of them were in it at one point before I moved them out. You know, the mm-hmm. Beale Street Attack didn't make my top ten. Mm-hmm. Fantastic cinematography. One that I really wanted to find room for because it was so small and I thought it was so well done was Borg versus McEnroe with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> like I was surprised how good that movie was. Looking at the psychology of these two tennis players, mm-hmm. and I, more, it's probably recency bias. I saw things after that just kind of overtook it. Um, A Star Is Born didn't make my top ten. And I'll talk a little bit more about it later, at at one small part later. Um, And then Bad Times at the El Royale, which had some scenes that just blew me away. And I almost wanted to get it on there just for the various scenes that blew me away, but couldn't quite uh, find room for that. And those those four I had a lot of love for, and it hurt to keep them out of the top ten.
1: Okay. Uh, Here are my painful cuts uh, from my top ten. Eighth grade is not in my top ten as much as I loved it. Uh, and also I guess tangent on Oscars, sad that Elsie Fisher yeah. didn't make it in it or was a Bo shot, Burnham but, uh, on the screenplay because yeah, 8th Grade's it. not
0: in mine either and I didn't love it as much but I thought the screenplay should have gotten mine. recognized for yeah. just how
1: painfully accurate it was yeah uh, Black Klansman we already covered a little bit about not in my top 10 but I really did love it uh, a really small movie called We the Animals um, that I think I actually talked about on the podcast when I yeah. saw it uh, super loved and but it's not in my top 10. Stars is not in my top 10 either. I actually thought it would be also I if I were guessing. I, I thought it would be guessing. when it came out.: yeah. And then it's just yeah. things change.: yeah. Things change.: For a quick little stat, I saw 67, 2018 releases. Woo. So uh, that's why some I did of these not <laughs> 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 That's why some of these movies that I truly love just are not. Yeah, that's are, a lot of not movies. there. And then uh, I did have a, a lot of love for First Man. Um, yeah. As different as it was from what I expected, which is probably what shut it out ultimately from my top 10. I did I mean... finally see it, by the way. Okay. It's not in my top very, 10. But... Very quick Cause... thoughts, just like. Oh, yeah, we, Eric and I were talking before. It's good. Uh-huh.
0: It suffers from doing similar things that other space movies do. Yeah. Uh, I thought Claire Foy was fantastic, mm-hmm. and Damien Chazelle is an incredible director. I can't wait to see what he does. It underwhelmed me just because it's just a biopic and it hits yeah. those similar beats. But does he do a great job? Yes. Are there some arresting visuals? Yes. Did Justin Hurwitz get robbed of a Best Score nomination? Mm-hmm. Oh, you bet. It's wow. in my head right now. Yeah, wow. um, but yeah, it was. I'm glad I saw it, and I think it helped me to not watch it right away and to be like, "Oh yeah, there's some solid
2: work here," mm-hmm. but definitely not I'll my sa- top. I'll save my comments. I'll save. comments. I had two other ones I gotta add. Oh, nice. Simple favor. Oh yeah, that was fun. Didn't make it. That was just a fun. We just saw it the other day. Uh huh. And Annihilation. I can't
0: yeah. know. Annihilation was early in the year And oh. I, loved the, I loved the female-led aspect of it mm-hmm. It didn't resonate for me as much Which is why yeah, I didn't quite make it nope. Alright, we're just going to do a round robin We made a list so we can go quickly um, and we'll, we'll throw in a couple weird extra lists as we move down the top 10 just every once in a while. But Jake, start us off with your number 10.
1: My number 10. I know there's love for in this room. Oh, I'm so excited. It's Widow.
2: Yes. Uh, so excited.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was pretty recently we talked about it on the podcast, so yeah. I don't, I won't take too much of our time repeating what I love about it, but you gotta see it. If you think there's anything you won't like about it, you don't like heist movies or whatever, it seems too political, just give it a try because it does so many cool things in its two hours and whatever it is 15 minutes. Yeah. The screenplay is awesome. We wish it got nominated for another one. Yeah, it should have. Amazing direction by Gillian Flynn. Oh, sorry. And writing by Gillian (laughs) Flynn. (laughs) The cast, cast. cute, amazing. Elizabeth Debicki, let's see what you do next. I'm excited. Oh, I love Elizabeth Debicki
0: on every level. Like as an actress, as an incredibly attractive woman. He really does. Uh, Like (laughs) Elizabeth Debicki, yeah. Great, great Gatsby. All right, nice. My number 10. Uh, My number 10, I cheated. I have a tie for number 10, which I know is super cheating.
1: I know, I'm such a cheater.
0: I'm such a cheater. I I don't think I did it on the top 10 as often. I've done it on other lists we've done. On um, the we're top not 10 usually... to the rules
2: I'm just going to leave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this was my slot for blockbusters that I thought really um, and, and I mean one of them isn't as much of a blockbuster because it's kind of idiosyncratic but movies that were made in a genre that wouldn't normally get ne- recognized that did a ton of really impressive and cool things. On the one hand you have incredible stunts and incredible bringing together of like a lot of previous movies. And some really good acting and some really good cinematography in an action movie. On the other hand, an animated movie that came out recently that has one of the coolest styles that I've ever seen before. And like does all these cool comic booky things that you don't think you can get away with in a movie and just does them with pride and wears them on its sleeve. And it's working so well. My number 10, a tie between Mission Impossible Fallout. And Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Ooh. I tried, Jake. <laughs>
1: one of those is your honorable mention.
0: No, it's the not. They're tied ten. for number 10.
2: What did he say, Seth? Spider-Verse <laughs> and the yeah. honorable mention. He, liked, he tied led with They tied
0: like they came across the line at the same time. You can't <laughs> give them number 11 when they crossed the line at the okay. same time. Okay. Um, both great movies, especially if you like incredibly well-made genre picks. Eric, what do you
2: got, number 10? Number 10. What, what, uh, what tied for number 10 for you? <laughs> no ties. <laughs> uh, hot summer nights with number 10. Whoa, uh, tell me more. A little more under the radar. Yeah. I, like I said, I didn't put on uh what's the Timothy Chalamet. I didn't yeah. put him in for uh Beautiful boy. Beautiful boy, but I I couldn't make a list without having him in there, so <laughs> I had to give him no, I thought he was really. I thought he was really good. For some reason, um, I caught this just one night. We we queued it up, watched it. The soundtrack alone should be enough to throw it on there. It's it's got a sweet soundtrack. Um, just kind of a fun summary movie for me. It wasn't too serious. But Timothy, if you like Chalmain, you'll enjoy the flick. I thought it was just a fun kind of throwback style. Yeah. Like there's not a ton of complexity to it. It's not. It's not a real. It's probably a lower on the you're trying to think and follow a story. It's the just, critical yeah. eye or whatever. Yeah. It, it, but it was just, I was like, why why is this getting so much negative? And I don't think it, it's not complex. It's yeah. just kind of story is what it is. And I liked it though. That was nice. fun. Awesome.
0: All right, number nine. You're actually up on number nine. Ooh, nine.
2: We'll do the snake this time, and then we'll come out of the snake later. Got it. <laughs> uh, number nine. Uh, I also did a tie. So there's gonna be a tie. no what? joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no way. <laughs>
0: Oh, no. I have no more ties. It's just number 10.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, also called honorable mention. <laughs> uh, All right, just what's your number nine, nine for Eric. me was a shout-out, a throwback to the horror genre. Oh, but not Halloween. Yep. Oh, no, nice. Nice. Halloween. Oh, nice. new one. Okay. I felt like it gave me enough throwback of the old school. I was, it was dispensable. It was well well shot, well done. You know, not an over overwhelming like nothing like the old one. Like the old one's still wonderful. Yeah, but it was just a fun remake, and nice. I liked it. I, it was I cool.
0: think I am gonna watch it eventually, even though I was too scared in the theaters.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's intense. It's got some intense stuff. I mean, you've seen, if you've seen the trailers, yeah. you've seen the like. Uh, you know. Yeah. I've <laughs> heard it has some humor
0: parts. too. I think we talked yeah. about that a little mm-hmm. bit. A little bit of humor. Awesome, that's
1: a good <laughs> one. Not a surprise. <laughs> Jake, what do you got? Number nine. My number nine. I'll be shocked if either of you mentioned this one. Not a lot of people saw it. It is, it has some end of your buzz, uh, but I'll admit this, I was influenced a little bit by the circumstances in which I saw this, just like I'm extra like bonded with the movie because it was the end of a bad day and I was just really drawn into the characters. My number nine is, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Hey! Oh, I it. I saw it, yeah. yeah you did that's, see it? That's okay. what, yeah,
0: Eric saw it, we were talking, but yeah. I have not seen, seen it yet. Okay. But, I'm, but I will before the Oscars. Okay. <laughs> I'll yeah. try it if I can. Uh, I'll try to track it down I thought they
2: were worthy of their... uh,
0: Nominations. Yeah, Yeah. so So, I mean,
1: this is kind of purely based on the two lead performances from Melissa McCarthy and Richard E. E Grant, right? And then the screenplay, which was also nominated for an Oscar, so I'm happy Mm -hmm. about that. Uh, But I just was really into the story of this woman uh, faking letters from uh, famous authors because she can't make her rent, and so... Uh, it's just fascinating and I mean the characters are really self-serving but there's somehow still a warmth that comes to the story uh, and it was just a really nice late night winter watch nice something. yeah I'm really glad I'm excited yeah. to see
2: it really recently I I watched that and I thought it was a really deserving of the praise that it got the little buzz it's got yeah um, the supporting I was curious about the supporting actor how strong his performance would be and I really felt like he he was solid. Like, I felt like he deserved where he was at. Um, and to me, the whole crux of the story was very interesting. I mean, I, I teach English, so it's something day in, day out. It's part of our life, so. Nice. um Yeah, it was, it was a cool. compelling story. Nice.
0: Awesome. <clears throat> My number nine is a movie that I just really love the ambition of. It was written over a lot of years and uh, tried to tell a story that was really specific to, like, a culture and a time and, and it was another movie that is inflected with race. It's about race relations, about um, uh, a white guy and a black guy who are friends. Um, and the movie was like they, it threw a lot of stuff at the screen. it's really it's really short. and it didn't necessarily like it wasn't these huge themes at the end that just really bowled me over. but I loved the like the smallness of the story, the re the realism of the story, and the fact that it was written by. The two guys that starred in it, and then it was directed by uh, a Hispanic gentleman. And I just, I loved the vibe of it. And that was Blind Spotting. And Blind Spotting was a movie that actually got a fair amount of buzz, not for the Oscars per se, but for a lot of people really giving it some love um, for just kind of telling a specific story about Oakland and the culture and stuff. And um, who's that star? David Diggs mm-hmm. yeah. and Raphael Casal. Um, and I just was enthralled by what they tried to do. And it's it's really, like, it's ambitious as far as the themes it's touching on, but really small as far as the reach of the story. And I really liked that. And it, it brings in a lot of spoken word. That's something that they wanted to do, because David Diggs is really good as a rapper. He was in Hamilton. And so there's, like, some spoken word stuff. And they actually, the climax is kind of heightened. The final scene is this this confrontation where he raps a bunch, which I'm sure some people didn't like because it feels almost like a break in reality. But it both does and doesn't in that moment, and I really thought that was cool, and that they were willing to do that. And it's a small movie, hard to track down, and not one I think that's going to blow a lot of people's minds, but um, really based in the friendship of the two the two people in real life. Um, and uh, in the way that Actual like you know Green Book felt like it kind of you know simplified this felt like it really delved into the complexity of A friendship between a white a white man and a black man, especially in a, a culture um, where there's a lot of um, Landmines of race which I thought was pretty cool nice. um, And I'll go on to my number eight because we're snake in <laughs> um, My number eight is hearts Beat loud. I'm just gonna jump uh, in and say it. Yeah mm-hmm. hearts Beat loud Nick Offerman and uh, I keep forgetting her name, uh, K- Kiersey Clemens. Nick Offerman and Kierce Clemens and Tony Collette. Um, small movie, again, just tells this pretty um, contained story about a father and a daughter and their love for music and how it kind of helps them connect as she's about to go off to college. Um, there's some really good, good music by a guy named Keegan DeWitt. I actually have part of the, the soundtrack on a 45, which is kind of cool. Um, and I thought Nick Offerman gave one of his most subtle performances and he's good. He's good in stuff. Like he does a lot of subtle things, um, and played down, like he's not funny hardly at all. And there was a lot of realism to it with the dying of like of the vinyl industry. Of course, obviously vinyl is more popular now, mm-hmm. but it was the idea of this, uh, you know, mom and pop kind of uh, record store that he owned <clears throat> and his wife had passed away. And, um, yeah, really cool, really subtle really moving and ultimately just felt like it could have been some people I heard about down the street and I could have walked over and they could have told me this story with some with some cool music. So Sweet. yeah, very cool very cool. Eric number eight
2: number eight. Uh this was one of my favorite soundtracks. A stunning lead actor <laughs> and I went with Bohemian Rhapsody. No. Oh really? And okay, we'll the case um, <laughs> which I... you haven't seen yet. <laughs> neither have um, I. Neither have I. But I just think... when you said, "I'm interested to hear the case," <laughs> it was my number eight. I had extremely low expectations for this. Like mm-hmm. I, I saw the trailer. My wife was really big on this one, and so like we went opening night. And She was excited about it, and I was like, you know, walking in with hesitation and my bag of popcorn, and and uh, I don't know. It just it. I felt like I know there was a lot going on with this and director I don't know who the official director was it was Brian Singer Still listed and, as Brian Singer as I
0: understand it. Uh-huh.
2: Um but I felt like the the lead actor was was really good. I think Remy really uh uh carried that and it's I don't know how much what the percentage of but he's on screen a lot. Yeah, no doubt. Um I mean the music everybody loves Queen. I feel like it was just a phenomenon. I feel like I I you know teach high school English and everyone's listening to that that music that time period. Like it was just almost a revolution as I got you know teaching those high school students and so it was it was fun to see that the effect it had on that. But overall the story it's not anything like to me. It was very it was similar to some of the stuff that we talked about with First Man. Uh-huh. Like it was really simple, really like you know not super complex or But it was just fun, just kind of a fun, kind of similar to some of the other ones, just kind of fun to watch and popcorn eat. Awesome,
0: yeah. I will bite the bullet and watch it before the Oscars, I don't know about Jake, but I will.
1: If someone sits me down and starts playing it on a screen in front of me, I'll watch
0: it. Awesome, thank you. What's your number eight, Jake?
1: Okay, my number eight has already been mentioned, which will happen more and more, but uh, my number eight is, well... Actually, mine pro- could have just been an honorable mention, but <laughs> <laughs> it's my tie for this <laughs> uh It's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> so, I gave it its own number, which is deserves, <laughs> in my top ten. Uh, Chad didn't. Have I, t- I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast or not. I don't think so. I don't think so, so I just uh, really super wowed by this movie. I didn't expect to love it. From the time I saw the trailer, I was skeptical just seeing, uh, you know, a full movie in that uh, comic book animation style seemed weird to me and I didn't know if it could carry itself, but it totally did. It's hilarious. It's uh, heartwarming. The music choices are awesome, and like, and the art style is nice to look at the whole time. Uh, yeah, I so cool. The
2: best Spider Man out there is the. Be- I haven't seen it, so I don't. I it might so. be the best. I mean, really? I, don't you agree? Yeah. I'm I not, mean, I think
1: I'd have to think about it. I have to watch them again and stuff. I haven't seen the Tobey Maguire ones since they came out. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I was gonna
2: say, so what other Spider Man would? be? Spider Man you know? Two,
1: and then or Spider Man Homecoming. And I have. I, I was gonna say, I Homecoming. think that's Homecoming. it. Homecoming mm-hmm. was good. Yeah.
0: I think those are the only two in the conversation. Like, okay. Into the Spider-Verse is good.
1: Yeah, it's amazing.
0: And I know they're giving me hard time, and I get it. Like, I know I do ties and stuff, but, like, it, <laughs> is, it is a good movie.
2: Worthy of its own number. Yeah, my
0: kids saw it with me, and, like, um, yeah, if you've been skeptical because it looks weird, I mean, I guess if you watch the trailer, like, I can't take this animation, then maybe. But it's about as eye-popping as you can get without being uh, full of itself. Yeah,
1: I'm, my parents saw it and loved it, and, like... Yeah. They're very
0: cynical about superhero movies, so it was great. Yeah, yeah, nice. All right, we are going to snake, but Jake and I are going to jump in. We're going to do a little interjection, and we're going to say some of our favorite scenes of the year, and I'm going to go really quickly. I I won't say a lot about these. (laughs) Coincidentally, my number – I did six. I know that doesn't make any sense, but it's the same thing. I wanted to include Spider-Man. I love the the intros of each of the Spider-People in Spider-Man. They have these intros that are like done in the same style every time. That was a really cool – It was multiple scenes for me. There's a concert at the end of Hearts Beat Loud that uh, Nick Offerman and Kiersey Clemons put on in the record store. What an incredible moment for me, really subtle and well done. Uh, Number four was uh, at the end of Won't You Be My Neighbor? the documentary about Mr. Rogers, where they have everyone think of somebody special in their lives and they're just all, they keep cutting to showing them just thinking of these special people and the looks on their faces. Oh my gosh. It was so moving and they're not even saying anything and you start thinking of the special people in your life Oh, very emotional, very well done. Number three in Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Harry Melling from the Harry Potter movies plays like a quadriplegic who does these like uh, readings of stuff like Ozymandias. Oh my gosh, they're so gorgeous. And they have one scene where the, Liam Neeson sets up like this background and he's lit up and they put this makeup on him and then it was snowing in one scene and Bruno Delbonneau is the cinematographer. And this story is so tinged with melancholy anyway. And Harry Milling was incredible. You would never know he played Dudley. He did such a great job. I loved every scene that he is delivering these kind of like speeches and stuff that are famous. Um, Number two, there's a dance scene in The Favorite that I freaking (laughs) loved. And I saw it with Marcus Marinos. Shout out to Marcus Marinos and his band, Dad Bod. Um, But we were dying. And I, I just the way that Rachel Weiss and the other dude are into it, and the cuts back and forth, and the the completely um, oh shoot uh, anachronistic way that they're yeah. dancing. <laughs> oh my gosh, I I was I loved it. I was so tickled. Um, and then number one, Stars didn't make my list. Bradley Cooper didn't get nominated for director, but *Shallow*. The scene mm. of *Shallow*, mm. I thought was about the most masterful piece of filmmaking. I saw all year, just oh, that, that three minute section. It is so well conceived and edited and acted by those two. And the live thing, I mean, I've watched it again a couple oh, times. Canada. I found it, it's on YouTube. <laughs> I found a way to watch the scene again a couple times. And Bradley Cooper in the background is giving looks to the other people. And Lady Gaga, you really feel her energy. And he appears to sing with her in the microphone for a minute after he asks, invites her to the, oh my gosh, I get goosebumps every time I think about it. That's my, my favorite scene of the year and it didn't even make my top ten and that's not a knock on the rest of the movie per se. Um, but I, nothing else lived up to that scene for me after that in A Star is Born. And some of my not love for the movie came from just like still yearning for that scene sure. as the rest of the movie went on. So I those are six scenes I absolutely love this year.
1: Okay, I'll be quick with my five, they're not in any particular order, and since I had so many to get it down to five, I chose to go with only movies that are actually not in my top ten, but that's scenes that I loved. That's beautiful. Uh, So one of my favorite scenes this year was the uh, pool scene in The Strangers, Uh, The Strangers Pray at Night, in Mm. which someone is murdered, set to a backdrop of neon lights, and... uh, the song a total eclipse of the heart playing which <laughs> drops in and out of the sound design as the character is like thrown in and out of the pool water it's oh that's cool um <laughs> uh the uh mom speech from love simon where she just like tells simon he finally gets to breathe now um that's really awesome. resonated with me and it uh, made me cry so there's that uh i'll bring uh, hereditary back up for a minute here and, yeah. and but i'll only say the scene you'll only know what it is if you've seen the movie because it is a major spoiler, but the telephone pole scene mm. not necess- i'm let's call yeah, these most heavy. we'll call these most powerful scenes of the year that one that scene <laughs> was uh deeply disturbing and like had me glued to the screen on like anything else this year that's awesome um speaking of disturbing car scenes also the car scene from uh, that's all it's a telephone pole slash car scene uh, also the car <laughs> scene from uh, eighth grade. And oh which... man I couldn't even look at the screen yeah uh, so... I couldn't I was
0: looking away it was only me and I could not I'm like shaking right now I'm I'm rocking uh, back and forth it made me
1: so anxious yes so again most powerful yeah not I mean favorite because it's amazingly done but uh, obviously not favorite as and I'm joyous throughout that entire scene giddy uh, yeah one, one, and one more thing about 8th grade, uh, the scene at the end
0: where she, she and another kid kind of have a mini uh, date, dinner, just to, to bring yeah. in one other scene I forgot about that yeah. I, I really liked. It's awkward, but so real and, 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 and joyful, too. Yes, it is okay. joyful. Sorry, sorry.
1: Um, one scene I was kind of darkly joyful during, uh, as well, my final favorite scene, was uh, the long, uh, long take on the street in Halloween. Uh, in which Michael Myers goes into, like, several houses over the course of probably mm-hmm. five minutes or so, the long take is, and so, uh, yeah. uh, it just follows him around, and it's really <clears> creepy. <throat> but, like, in this just, it's fun, and uh, I'm pretty, sh- I, I can't even remember if there's a score during that scene. It all works, though. It's mm-hmm. just, like, I uh, I, if I remember one thing from that movie, it's that long taken, so that's it's a awesome. great nice. One that
2: I've got, just that came to me as yeah. uh, as we talk about these scenes... Opening scene of Bill Street, man. Opening scene of Bill Street where the cinematography, those colors. Yeah. That blew me away. Yeah, it's great. I was excited. For James Laxon's
0: good. Alright, let's move on. Number seven, Jake.
1: All right, Jake, what then me? Eric, then me. Uh my number seven, let me double check. Okay. Oh, my number seven we talked about at length on one of our two episodes last week. It is Aroma. Aroma. So you can hear a lot of my thoughts on that a podcast. We're trying to keep things uh, moving along, but uh Please watch Roma if you are at all open-minded to a long black-and-white movie. (laughs) In another language. (laughs) In another language with, like, these really long scenes that take a long time to uh, settle in. But I mean all those things as compliments because it's uh, truly an amazing work of art. And, like, Alfonso, we love you. We love you so much. We love you so
0: much. All right, number seven.
2: Eric. Me, number seven. Number seven. Um... Gonna throw it out there, quiet place. Nice. I know I should have mentioned that
0: it's not in my 10. I know, well, who knows? I'll pull we'll here later. I could but um, I should have thrown it into the the just missed, I forgot.
2: I could throw in some uh scenes from that. I'd go to the yeah. bathtub scene. Oh, yeah, as well. I was going to jokingly mention as one of
1: my favorite scenes of the year the second half of A Quiet Place <laughs> just because it's it like doesn't stop, it's just like uh, all
2: one thing after the, the mm-hmm. others. So. Oh, yeah. Um, Emily Blunt though Shout out to Emily Blunt yeah. Didn't have her in anything else Didn't get nominated But uh, She won the SAG She won the SAG award a a bunch of bu- Against a bunch of powerhouses uh-huh. that's yeah, that's right. I didn't really even cool.
1: realize She was nominated For A Quiet Place so I just
2: yeah.
0: John Krasinski's reaction Is online And it's pretty cute That's if cool If you haven't seen it yeah. he, he was like So surprised and excited for her cause I just
2: thought I thought expected. overall A Quiet Place Was just fun mm-hmm. Scary But not like Over the top yeah. Intense Like Halloween you know, yeah. Knife in your back Scary But just an intense Super well done.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what John Krasinski does next, whether that's Quiet Place 2 or whatever that they're supposedly making, or other things. I feel like his skill was untapped. Yeah, he showed that he knows what he's doing. He showed that he knows
1: what he's doing in a pretty serious way. It would
0: have been fun to see him get some award buzz. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. My number seven is a a movie that uh, so many critics loved, and yet it wasn't in any Oscar buzz. People usually had it way down on the list directed by a woman, and so it would have been really cool for it to have gotten a Best Director nomination. Subtle, smart, and about a lot of things without shouting that it's about a lot of them. It's about family, it's about relationships, it's about PTSD. My number seven is Leave No Trace, which is on Amazon Prime. Man, it's uh, such a quiet I need,
1: like, movie. I
2: need, I need to see it. Free Prime, or like if you, uh...
0: you have to own Prime, mm-hmm. and then it's free. Yeah.
1: Right, but like in yes, their if you have paid everyone. for oh, Prime,
0: cool. mm-hmm. you can watch it for Sorry, free. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, mean, I just why, wanted I to guess clarify. Why would you
1: mention that it's available to yeah.
2: me. I just wanted okay. to. But I just yeah. wanted to yeah. clarify. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We just like um, <laughs> uh, Ben
0: Foster and uh, what's her name, Mackenzie Thomas. Thomas and Mackenzie. Thomas and Mackenzie. Thank you. I flipped it. Thomas and Mackenzie. thompson Harcourt McKenzie, I think, is how she's like. They're both fantastic, and I am ben Fox sad. If I, hadn't, if I hadn't known they weren't going to get nominated, I would have assumed they were because of so much love for mm-hmm. Leave No Trace. It's quiet, it's subtle, but it's moving, and it's thoughtful, and it keeps your attention, and uh, it's so nuanced. Loved it.
2: Great.
0: Uh, let's see, Eric, number six.
2: We're moving. Six. We're moving, guys. We are moving along. Number six. just mentioned with the... Uh one of my favorite scenes opening up, If Beale Street Could Talk. Nice. About number six.
0: Nice. Um, <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs> Barry Jenkins. Um, Speaking of people we love, we love you, Barry Jenkins. We really we do, do. We really do. I, I, for me, I felt like Moonlight, I I liked, didn't love. And I don't know if Beale Street just felt, for me, a little more, I could connect to it a little easier. Uh-huh. And... It wasn't on the, I didn't feel like it was on the level, but I did feel like they were both, both really well done.
0: Nice. Yeah. No, that was one of my most painful cuts, as we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And uh, great music, too, from Nicholas Mm Bertel. Amazing. Yeah. Such great stuff. Am I next? I'm next. My number six. My number six is uh, one of the biggest surprises, I think, from the Oscar nominations of not getting nominated. Which is uh, the Mr. Rogers documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Insane.
1: It I was
0: very surprised. A lot of people thought it would win. And it's really, I mean, I guess on the one hand, I don't watch a ton of documentaries. I like them, but I don't track them down as much as I should. Um, and so there's that. If you're like, oh, there were so many more documentaries that were good. Yeah, you're probably right.
1: But there was nonstop love from it, from everyone. Uh, from everyone. everyone and,
0: the, and here's the thing. Jake just touched on the only thing I wanted to say. There is nonstop love in that movie. Yeah. Like, without being too cheesy. It is about being kind. It is about recognizing the people around you. It's about treating people with the respect you expect to be treated with. It's about understanding differences. And you're like, so simplistic, Chad. Like, yeah, you're right. But it was the the most hearty movie of the year. H-E-A-R-T, oh, I mean, uh, dash Y, <laughs> apostrophe, uh, dash Y. I, like there's so much heart in it that you just feel at least I just felt bursting with love the whole time, which sounds very, whatever, sentimental. And I didn't, I I watched Mr. Rogers, but not extensively And my, our, our kids haven't watched it very much. I was enthralled and just like, you know what? I could watch this, you know, once a month just to remind myself of how important it is to like do those really simple things of loving each other and caring about each other and, you know, celebrating our
1: differences. Nice. Yeah. Okay, what do you got? My number six. Yeah, I uh, mentioned on the uh, Memo to the Academy podcast. Um, my number six is Shoplifters. Oh, nice. Uh, have either of you seen it at this no, point? no. Okay, amazing Japanese movie. Uh, the reason I mentioned it on the other podcast was I said I wish it could be nominated for uh, best original screenplay because it truly was uh, in keeping with that category one of the most original screenplays I've ever seen. You can hear me talk all about that on that podcast, as I'm saying with lots of these movies. Uh, but it you got to see it. And and I feel like with a lot of these movies, I'm giving these pleas of like, if you normally hesitate on this type of movie, try it. Same thing with Shoplifters. If you hesitate on foreign films, you know, uh, for whatever reason, give this one a try. Uh, it is so uh, humanistic. It's so basic. Like they're uh, not in like the internet basic way, but in like the, uh, <laughs> like the plot's so easy to follow, yet... Uh, they do such complex things with emotion and logic in the screenplay. Uh, there's just so many layers to this thing and the acting, uh, the performances are bring me to tears. You got to see it.
0: That's awesome. I want to see it now. I mean, I did before, but now, now it's solidified. Can't. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to take a brief little detour. Jake's going to name a couple of his least favorite movies of the year. And you're <laughs> like, what? We're talking about the best. Yeah, but we just like to throw these in yeah. to keep it kind of lively. Um, so he's just going to name some movies Probably not go into too much depth, but name some movies that were not good Yeah. that really he disliked.
1: Like I said, I saw 67 for this uh, year in film, so there were definitely some in there that I really did not like. So here are the bottom five. Uh, We'll count down to the worst movie of the year. Uh, (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) So my number five is, uh, I saw this with my family on Christmas Day and none of us liked it. Uh, It was Welcome Tomorrow and starring Steve Carell. I
0: heard it's not good. I didn't even see it.
1: It's Makes me sad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, silly. Like, okay, yeah. It's weird. I'll commend them. They included the entire like subplot of the guys like thing for high heels, which I honestly thought they would cut out based on the trailers, but uh, they don't. It's just, but it's just a. Uh, it's what Robert Zemeckis. That's number yeah. five.
2: That's number five. That's not your most hated. Though. No. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's just it's him doing his thing. I, maybe it's in your top ten. I didn't enjoy. <laughs> Might be. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't enjoy the. Uh, uh, Incorporation of the CGI doll thing with the real events of the story. The script just didn't work for me at all. Nice. Uh, okay. Number four, what when we first met, on Netflix original comedy. Oh, yeah. High concept rom com, but uh, just really falls flat and seems to think it's doing really clever things when I don't think it is. All right. um, three, Truth or Dare. Uh, <laughs> Bloom, Bloom House presents Truth or Dare. That was the <laughs> official title. Uh, it it's a fun uh, a a very fun bad horror movie but it's it's really not a good movie at all everything about it's pretty lowbrow um but uh, i'll contrast that with actually my next two are both horror movies uh number 2 <laughs> was, it was a boringly bad horror movie no fun involved at all that was slenderman oh, uh yeah. And then, uh, for me, the worst movie of the year was Winchester, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure yeah. neither of you remember. Came out I do year remember cause Helen, oh, hey, Helen, is Helen in Mirren is in it. Yeah, and, out uh, Helen Mirren, ouch! <laughs> excruciatingly boring, uh, and I really took a disliking to the way the movie handles like disbelievers and ghosts. It's like so punishing to characters who don't believe in ghosts. It's just like and and treating you like you're stupid if you don't think that this whole based on a true story thing is completely real involving this. Haunting, it's, it's bad. Anyways. Nice. Yeah, mm. that's the worst movie of the year, guys. What? You know it. Objectively.
0: Objectively. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Okay, we're, we're just rolling through. My number five has been mentioned, and I talked about it a lot last week, or two weeks. I mean, the podcast we did last. My number five is Roma uh, Alfonso Cuaron, mm-hmm. who I have an incredible movie crush on and, and have for many, many years you as really listeners of the podcast know. Um, it's personal. It's thoughtful, it's, it's subtle, it's very deep. It's very slow, but in the ways that I love, really examining like a life that I don't understand. And relationships without telling you what to think about the relationships, just showing you what happens with these things. Incredible, like I was watching a director's roundtable where <coughs> Spike Lee asked Alfonso Cuaron how he got a specific shot, because he was like, man, that was amazing. Um, there are these long takes with so much I said this before, so much bursting in the frames I don't want to go, I, I've said a lot Yelitsa Aparicio is amazing and uh, yeah, again, if you can tolerate foreign films, I hope that you can it's gorgeous, it's pristine and Alfonso Cuaron uh, curated or controlled so many aspects of it and you can see his, his like, uh, attention to detail and the personal attachment he had to this, it's a, it's a, pretty, a, stu- a pretty stunning movie
2: Shout out to Netflix. Yeah, shout out
0: to Netflix. Out to I'll Netflix. have another shout out to Netflix later. All right, uh, Jake, what's your number five?
2: My number
1: five. Uh, really, like, shot up through my list because I, when I walked out of the theater, it was not in my top ten for that moment. And then uh, since then, in the past few weeks, listening to the score over and over because I keep coming back to it, it sticks in my head, and when I listen to it, it just brings me back to these key emotional moments from the movie. So I actually ended up placing at number five, If Beale Street Could Talk. Hey! Yeah. Um, I just say, overall, can't stop thinking about it. Uh, How, even though, and the reason it it's wasn't... It's Very moving. Yeah. And the more moving, the more I think about it, and the more I listen to the score, and it brings me back into the story. Because when I first walked out, I was like... I don't know. I was tired during that. It didn't move me to tears like yeah. I expected it to. Yeah. You know. That, that was my a, reaction, even though I, liked, I liked it a ton. Mm-hmm.
0: But that was my reaction, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so it's more gives you more to think about after. Definitely. Um, but just the technical uh, things about it, the cinematography, yeah. the gorgeous score I keep mentioning. The, uh, the use of color in both the sets and the costumes is just color. so, Ooh. so gorgeous. So I, I kept it. And yeah, uh, awesome. I listened
2: to a podcast with Barry Jenkins, and I don't remember who he was on there with, but he mentioned how his two lead actors had to fit the bill completely. They were, and they they were, were so good. I thought they were really strong. My yeah. sister and
0: I have talked a lot about it, and talking with my sister almost brought it into my <laughs> list. And I know that it wasn't on my list. That doesn't mean I don't have love for it. I had great love for it but it was a slow burn like you said like i started talking to my sister like oh yeah oh yeah and i really need, i also to need to watch, watch it again because i was mm-hmm. very tired when i saw
1: but it's just it's so warm and and optimistic i'd say even though it has it's a dark with and these with harsh everything going on yeah. yeah but it just feels to me like one of the most just like innocently joyous movies of the year so it's w- the kidding. weirdest thing
0: even for someone who didn't have it on his list is the lack of oscar nominations when the leads were so good, the cinematography was so gorgeous, there's love for Barry Jenkins. And to me to me it was surprise. another one of
2: those. It was another one. It felt like there were so many parts of it together that really worked. Yeah. But I couldn't I don't know that I would isolate because I didn't feel like either of the lead actors were maybe strong enough to carry it. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. I, I I really like that. Yeah, movie. I'm glad it's on both your lists. What's your number five? Uh number five. <clears throat> Mr. Wood. <laughs> Number five, I went with First Man. There it I is. Was, I was surprised it didn't get more love.
0: Yeah.
2: In my mind, the Oscars wrong <laughs> Damien once, then twice <laughs> this year. Well, but he did no, get,
0: he I, did I, win uh, Best Director for well, La La Land. I so you know, they,
2: they love teased him. They teased him up in front of it. <laughs> no, i I thought it was, I thought it was really strong. I thought uh, Claire Foy was really good. Yeah, we talked was, a little bit about it.
0: She was my fave of the performances. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Uh, let's see, number four. Jake, hit us up oh, with the number again. four. Shoot. Ooh. And uh, now, we, I mean, we might get more repetition. We might not. I don't know.
1: Oh, this will be repeated for sure. My number four, let's just say it. It's the favorite. Ah, the favorite. It's favorite. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> uh, Nominated for 10 Academy Awards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Insane. Uh, but well-deserved, so uh, so in my opinion. What's... Man, this mo- it, this movie still surprised me, which is... And uh, saying a lot since uh, I had the trailer literally memorized because it played before every movie I saw for like four months. Which I wasn't complaining about. I enjoyed it every single time. Uh, but one of the to me funniest movies of the year, and then also like uh, I loved how much the ending gave me to think about. All all delivered on a platter of uh fascinating cinematography, weird, really, uh, really impressive, some weird and just like awesome music choices. Uh, and of course the three, can we call them three leads? Uh, yeah, I think threes, so. I uh, even though technically two sporting, but yeah. amazing performances so all around. Um, I love you, Olivia Coleman. I <laughs> know, I, I. I'm rooting for you for the Oscar.
0: I am rooting for her. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for her, and I, 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 I like Glenn Close. So I don't dislike Glenn Close, and I know she hasn't won ever and all that stuff. But Olivia Coleman's
2: so good.
1: Yeah. So oh, great good. job, Yorgos. I feel like a fan, even though The
2: Favorite's the first of your movies I've seen. I'm gonna watch. The rest, I am. Yeah, you I've, gotta seen see the lobster. I've seen some of I need to see the lobster. And I need, yes, Secret, Secret, yeah. I need to see Killing of a Secret Deer, yeah. Killing of a Secret Deer. All right,
0: my number four. We're four, right? My number four has already been mentioned a couple yeah, times, like and I've four. talked about it a lot on previous podcast episodes. Um, so I won't say too much. The thing that I will say is that you expect a genre movie and you get something much more thoughtful, complex, nuanced, subtle, with incredible performances. I was rooting on the sly for Daniel Kaluuya to get... Uh, nominated for his performance in this mm. my number four is Widows which slowly moved up my list just as I thought about it and uh, all the various things it said about gender and culture and politics and social relationships it is uh, really smart so smart I think that some people would say it's slow um, and the heist is really short and I've said a ton about it Gillian Flynn uh, Steve McQueen way to go Widows is my number four
2: Sweet. What do you got for number four, Mr. Wood? My number four, um a Star is Born. Hey. Stars Star is Born. Like, Shout out Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yes. Bradley Cooper, Gaga. Gaga. Um, <laughs> is that <laughs> a joke already? Jimmy Fallon always says oh, okay. that. Yeah.
1: I'm going to pretend you made it up.
2: <laughs> no one ever says it. I just thought of it right now. Sam Elliott. I thought was really uh, strong. Yeah, it's good yeah. to see I mean, him and, on and there. Not a ton of scenes. No. He's very good. But uh, overall, just thought it was a fun, good, good flick. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and it is com- and it is deep, and there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, oh, man, I wish it had been cut a little bit. If it had shortened up a little bit, I feel mm-hmm. like I would have felt a little more propulsion behind mm-hmm. it. Uh, apparently, we snaked on this one. You get number three, Number Eric. three.
2: You get the first number three. <clears throat> Number three, which we have talked about, the favorite. Uh, the mm-hmm. favorite. I had very low expectations I did not know where Whoa. I was. I did not know where I was going to be from the trailers and stuff. Like I don't know. I mean, it's not totally my scene, and sure. I don't know any of. Uh, who was Yorgos that? Lanthimos. No. I, oh, well, Olivia Colman. Olivia Coleman. I don't know a ton of her. Work, you sure. But she was <laughs> just so cool. entertaining. Yeah. I mean. And then the combination <laughs> with the supporting, you know, uh, Rachel Weiss and yeah. uh, Emma, Stone. Emma Stone, that was just, it was fun to see Power them play apps. off each other. I thought Emma Stone, to me, Power just apps. was so strong. Yeah, they're great, man. So. Yeah. Can oh, I just yeah. add on?
1: I meant uh-huh. to say how brilliant, uh, I mean, partially from for the script and partially for just, like, costume design and stuff, but to, like, to set this <laughs> as... At uh, at least halfway a comedy, I think it just works so well with these uh, these sets and especially these costumes, the wigs and the makeup and stuff. Just like these scenes work so well, where it's just so ridiculous. But it's like uh-huh. I mean, my understanding of the era only comes from movies, really. Yeah, but as far as I know, it's realistic, and so and if it's not, I don't care. I love uh, I love it.
0: Dude, when she says, "If you don't leave this room, I'm going to start kicking you, and I will not stop," I laughed so hard. <laughs> and that was one of my favorite lines so, of the year. It was so. That was one witty. of my favorite lines of the year, and the way Rachel Weiss delivered it. Uh huh. And that's not exact. I'm paraphrasing because I I don't know the exact quote. If you do not leave this room, I'm going to start kicking you.
2: The and I will not stop. the way they play against each other, the supporting actors, I felt like they played so well together. That yeah, they are
0: fantastic. All right, Jake, what's your number three?
2: My number three... Has it already
1: been mentioned. Uh, it's Leave No Trace. Leave No Trace? Yeah. Uh, tragic snub from the Oscars. Ah, but,
0: uh, everyone loved it. Uh, yeah. I feel like, who are these people who didn't love it? Deborah Granik, Chad. Mm-hmm.
1: I said it should have been nominated for Best Picture on our memo podcast, and uh, I'll just echo pretty much everything Chad said about it. Uh, slow and methodical, <clears throat> incredibly insightful into a unique yeah. lifestyle, and uh, I think just one of the most... Uh, just fascinating movies I saw all year. Yeah. I loved the character study. It's fantastic, yeah.
0: Thank you. Alright, my number three is probably the biggest surprise, unless you've been listening really closely to a lot of our podcast episodes. It was the biggest surprise I had in the theaters as far as being... I, I won't go so far as to say blown away, but really into a movie and really moved by a movie that I didn't expect... Um, It's one I've watched with my kids multiple times, and they love it, I love the music choices. I'd already loved the filmmaker, but did not expect this movie to be so resonant for me. You would think at this point, hey, Chad would definitely cast his vote for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse if he was voting for animated category, but no. My number three is Isle of Dogs, which uh, it's weird to say, but I don't have a stirring defense for. Um, I loved the weirdness of the story, I love the voice work, the very Wes Anderson like voice work, and I loved watching. I think he 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 upped his style from uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, so you get more cool stuff with like the stop motion, um, and it just didn't. It never went where I expected it to go. Weird, weird things happen at yeah. the end. Weird turns, characters that like you know. It just ends in a place where you're like, oh, you don't care about the conventions at all of what n- movies normally are, and I was super into that. So Isle of Dogs has stayed. When I first saw it, I was like, I think this is my favorite movie of the year so far. And it just moved down a couple spots at this point. Yeah, I love Isle of Dogs. Cool, thing. All right, before we hit the very top two, Eric's going to do a quick run-through of how many? Five, four, three, two? Uh,
2: five with a tie, so six. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Actually? It was, I gave it six. So oh, okay. On the tie. <laughs> uh, he's going to hit
0: his, his favorite screenplays of the year, and then we're going to go number two and number one and uh, send you on your way, or you know maybe you're getting to work or
2: whatever. Okay, so my top five. Honorable mention. I'll go. Honorable mention. First man. <laughs> first man. Screenplay. I thought, nice. Yep. Screenplay. Not uh, by Damien Chazelle. No. Josh Singer screenplay, uh, based on the book. So five was Widows. Shout out to Widows. Shout Jillian out. Flynn. Steve McQueen wanted to give some love there. Uh, haven't read the book. Lydia Leplant. Oh yeah. Uh, four. Went oh, with, it was
0: a it was a miniseries, not a book. Miniseries. Oh. Okay. By Lydia Leplant. Yeah. Okay.
2: Sorry uh four we've got Annihilation nice uh, yeah that Starland. was a good screenplay I thought it was yeah it had me all the way uh in the beginning and just didn't finish it off so <laughs> uh <laughs> my small take on it uh, Agre- number three agreed. number three A Star is Born I really yeah. liked the screenplay thought the adaptation was cool nice uh two I have to say one thing Beale Street nice uh, if Beale Street could talk adapted Barry Jenkins that
0: one is nominated right that's one of the ones it got yep, yep, for it screenplay, is, yeah. Is yeah. Made Which yet. is like it's one freaking chance.
2: Um. Yeah. Well, it's got the other one. I wanted to sing some praises. Regina oh yeah, Nichole, Cosm- Regina King. Oh yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Duh,
0: she's probably gonna win. I totally forgot. Yeah, Thank I hope you. she wins. Yeah, that's, she's fantastic. Shout out to one
2: last scene I really love. I can't believe we didn't mention her up until right now. I know. I that's why I had. That's why I had. I would put that in a favorite scene. Where? But, have you seen it? You've seen it. Yeah. 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 When they yeah, have the come-together come dinner mm-hmm. and that you know, whole yeah. that whole dialogue scene. It is fantastic. a
0: shout-out, though, to how good the other... Because I was half-kidding, but how good the other two are that we didn't mention Regina yeah. King until now. Yeah, yeah. She's fantastic. She should win. She's great. Um, but the other two, I think, are overlooked, and I think that's why we were focusing more on that aspect. Mm-hmm.
2: Number one screenplay, Roma. Oh, nice. Who is also
0: nominated. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll jump in with... My number two, which also happens to be my favorite screenplay of the year, I think, mm. even ahead of Widows, although they're they're close. And it's already <laughs> been mentioned by both of you. And it was the most one of the most delightful times I had. And when the movie was over, I was not sure how much I loved it. And I was like, "It's okay. It's pretty good." Talked to the guy went with Marcus again. Shout out Marcus again. And was like, "Like, yeah, we liked it. Okay, yeah, it's okay. You know, do did we did we like the lobster better?" I'm like, yeah, we think we like the lobster better. And I'm driving home. Literally ten minutes later, I'm like. And that movie is good. And then I'm at home, and I'm like, what insights into like power and politics, and gender politics? I'm like, oh my gosh, who was better than those three actresses this year? Yeah. And I've thought about it ever since. The favorites, my number two. Man, did I love it! And it is the craziest. I submit that it is the craziest, most insane movie to ever be nominated for best picture. And I can't. Mm. I need you to introduce something to me that could even make me think this isn't true. Because there rarely do you get something.
2: Yeah, I mean the. Well, I don't even
0: even however you I think however you interpret this word. Yeah. Like, can you? I mean, they used to have five before, and the five were always like.
2: Shape of Water was pretty. That's true. You're right.
0: You're right. You're right. And it won. And this Definitely one, the weirdest to ever win. Shape of back, Water. These are the two weirdest movies the <laughs> Academy
2: yeah. has ever. You're right.
0: You know what? Shape of Water Aunt is a female, great, a, a great like counter to what I said. But, but I still think it's the most insane yeah. movie mm-hmm. because you've had precedent for what Shape of Water did, and I feel like I don't. There's no
2: precedent and for what the favorite Shape of Water is fantasy. I mean, this, is, yeah. this has some. This is in... supposed to
0: be real, and there were so many times where they just cut to scenes, and I'm like, "What is happening? Yeah. I am so into this." And there are these weird like the equivalent of non sequiturs of just they're like raising ducks and they're just like throwing things at people and, <laughs> and kind of breaking down the ideas of what like a romantic comedy can be in some ways. It's not a romantic comedy, but there are these romantic moments and stuff that are like very different than what you would normally see in romantic moments. And I think at this point, I, I love The Lobster. I've gone on record many times as saying I think it's incredibly smart. I I might like The Favourite more. Like they're, but they're both really, really good. And I can't wait. I, my wife hasn't seen it yet. And I'm just like, Bethany, we gotta... You gotta watch The Favourite <laughs> before, before the Oscars because it just gives me another chance also to, to well, watch yeah. it. So that's my number two. Eric, what do you got?
2: Number two, we've talked a little bit already. Black Klansman. Nice. Uh, Spike, Spike Lee. Uh, Adam Driver for me. I yeah. loved Adam Driver. Oscar-nominated Adam yeah. Driver. Oscar-nominated Yay. Adam Driver. I'm pulling yeah, for Adam on that one because... Yeah, he's, he's wonderful. Good. And then he's great. the lead actor who did not get the. Uh, Denzel's son, John David Washington. Okay, didn't know it was John Gen- Yeah, Denzel's son. son. Yeah, I thought Listen again really to his really voice and son. you'll be like, oh my oh gosh. My gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, thought the script was good. Yeah, there's a lot of. Horror. Really
0: cool connection to the terrible things that go on in our world. Yep. And like, hey, remember, this is the same stuff. Let's stop. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah, awesome. Number two. What do you got, number two?
1: My number two. Mm-hmm. Enrage, one or both of you. I'm into this. I don't think you've seen it, but just... <laughs> I know, Enrage! You typically have mentioned it as being like not understanding why people love it, even though you haven't seen even it. Even though I haven't
0: seen it. Uh, Winchester!
1: Uh, say <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, This is a long con. Oh man, I don't actually know and what it, it is. I wish uh, I had thought of it right you're now. You're gonna be shocked, maybe. I'm uh, into it. It is Paddington 2. Oh, no way! Mm. No, no, I'm not mad better? at all. Okay. I haven't seen
0: it. You're the one who told me, like, no, the Amelie comparison is okay, and I was like, okay.
1: Yeah, I trust you, I mean,
0: Jacob Hampton.
1: So I haven't seen Amelie in a really long time. But yeah. let me say this about both Paddington movies, but especially number two, which I mean is what I'm talking about. Uh, because look, uh, kids slash family movies, uh, they don't have to be made with like artistic integrity, right? Like for the most part, if yeah. you just get your marketing loud enough, you can half ace it, and-, and parents will take kids, yeah, right? uh, based on just whatever it looks like it is. Uh, the Paddington movies are like. Actual artistic masterpieces. I'm not even joking. Mm. Uh, I'll, clearly I'm not. Cause it's uh, on my list. You're number two. So uh, yeah. It's uh, I think I said before, um, when we talked very briefly about it on the podcast. In some scenes, it's like Wes Anderson made it. There's such amazing, colorful set design, uh, and costumes and cinematography. Um, and so there, and uh, so Paddington Two is just like really uh warm and heartfelt. I if you watch it, if I'm convincing anyone to give these a try, do watch both movies. But it's it's so great. And it, it, in a way, I'm just uh, I'm even more amazed by it because I think it sounds so stupid. Like yeah, you know, talking family. That's adopts, why it's been hard for me, honestly. Family adopts talking bear. Yeah, like and it's a CGI bear, but a live action movie. That sounds awful. It works so so well.
0: <clears throat> and it doesn't enrage me. It puzzles me. Like I've always mm-hmm. been like, there's no way. And you're the first like I, I I've talked to people I trust who have enjoyed it, but someone who I really feel like we can talk critically. That's been like, mm-hmm. no, it's actually good. Where I'm like, uh if Jake says it.
1: Every single thing about it. Hilarious as well. The screenplay is just like the, uh, it, it does the great family uh, movie nice. thing of yeah. including jokes for adults. Sure. Uh, and some nice laughs for the kids. It's, you you gotta.
0: And a quick thing to mention before we go to our number ones. All we have left is our number ones. It'll be interesting to see if we name stuff that hasn't been named. I think I can guess Eric's, but I'm, I'm not sure I can guess yours. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, easy. Two, two two of uh, uh, Jake's movies, pardon me, Paddington Two and Leave No Trace, are the highest reviewed, highest rated movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Both oh, of them. that's true. Huh? Paddington Two has two hundred sixteen reviews, all positive. Leave No Trace has two hundred eight reviews, all positive. They are the top two as far as vote getters go that have stayed one hundred percent fresh. So, so fresh. kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, that is. Yeah.
0: All right, you you're actually we oh, snaked I'm, you to I'm number a- one.
1: A- Kay. Number
0: one, everybody. Like we sit here, we talk, we love it. I love to hear what everyone thinks. Hopefully, you've been kind of sticking with us, but here is the moment.
1: Yeah, so maybe a mild surprise, but I've watched this one three times, and I've been thoroughly engaged all three times. I think it holds up. It's not a gimmick. Oh, Fantastic I have a directorial that. debut. Ah, uh, yes. My number one of the year is a uh, little horror flick. Called A Quiet Place. Yeah, that's awesome. Chad was just silently clapping. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to ruin the announcement. So, yeah, who'd have thought? All the way back in, I think, March or April, it came out and uh, Mm -hmm. it lasted until the end of the year for me. Um, I love the original concept. I've heard a lot of people pick apart little plot points and say, like, uh, it has plot holes. To me, that stuff doesn't matter because I think it's so amazing what John Krasinski did. I should have double checked. He did write it though, right? In yeah. addition to, he, I acting. don't think I he don't... was the
0: only writer though. Okay. I think there was a script, and then he also wrote on okay. it. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Sorry if I'm not crediting whoever else uh, wrote this, but yeah, I just we think, love you, John. Uh, <laughs> such a good screenplay, which sounds ironic since there's so little dialogue. But uh, I think just so many horror movies. I mean, it's not the genre doesn't have the best reputation for a reason because of the patterns and trends we've seen of like. Just flat characters and uh, movies that only exist to try and give people jump scares. But I love that A Quiet Place uh, really develops the relationship, uh, as much as it can with as as few words as possible, develops these relationships that these family members have. And it's so damn tense the entire time. Uh, Yes.
2: Sound is wonderful.
1: And yeah, sound design. I love the score. There are some, uh, both the uh, tense scenes and also... There are some nice uh, emotional Moments, score pieces yeah. in there as well, um, and the movie looks great. It maybe doesn't have quite as much pizzazz or style as some other movies on my list, and I, I usually am more won over by that. But just the fact that I've watched this one three times and loved it every time, I've cried all three times I watched it as well. Um, it's my number one.
0: Yeah, I love the final, the final like shot, you know, or the final, oh yeah, the I, the I, remember, yeah I remember yeah, I remember in the movie. Being like, oh, that's bad. A yeah. To censor ever so slightly, tiny. But like, <laughs> I thought like that was a super smart like inclination that he had. Yeah. To end it that way, like, oh man, you are you made all the right choices here, John exactly. Krasinski. Like, you. That's what we we said it earlier. Like, I I didn't you know, know he know had that in doing, him. Yeah. Because there are so many choices he made that could have been made differently and he made the exact yeah. right one and I was just very impressed by that the the kind of restraint that he has in exactly. a lot of scenes knowing when to push a little bit but knowing when to pull yeah. back very well done
1: that very where he chose to end the story brilliant because <laughs> so I get brilliant. I get so bored during third act action sequences all the time you know and so the idea that like no we know where it's the story, it the story had been told
0: the story had been told and everything we needed and the emotional moments had been hit yeah, yeah. And I, I I do wish it had gotten a couple above-the-line nominations just to give credit to what mm-hmm. a great movie it was. Okay, uh, my number one before Eric's, and mm-hmm. then we're done. Oh, man. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, my number one, uh, you know, you've, you've heard me drop hits. You've heard me talk about it. I just last night turned it on again because I can turn it on because it's on Netflix all the time. Um, and I'm still so blown away by the Coen Brothers filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've, I haven't had a movie of theirs really approach for me like the love I have for Fargo because I'm a huge, huge, huge mm-hmm. Fargo fan. And they've done a lot of great stuff and I love a lot of their stuff. And we should rank them sometime because uh. we love their stuff. Um, but this oh. is the first movie of theirs that I've watched and felt like could this threaten Fargo's reign? Wow. And probably not because I have such deep love for Fargo. My number one is The, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs which is a very idiosyncratic type of movie and it has these six different chapters and for a lot of people it depends on your tolerance for each chapter if you're gonna end up seeing it as a good movie on the whole. And there was one chapter I liked a little less than the other five, but uh, it's, it's gorgeously shot by Bruno Delvinel. It has at least a, one standout performance in every single of the chapters and some of them have multiple standout performances. The one I already mentioned, Harry Melling and Liam Neeson, that one, is, it's astonishing to me and so melancholy <clears throat> and so thoughtful. Almost all of them deal with death in some form, uh, which is sad, but like it has interesting things to say about like maybe what death means and how death reverberates for the people who are around or even how we interpret death. And it could have, they could have done something gimmicky, like called it something about death. Instead, they just call it like a short story. They call it one of the first story that they tell and it has this gimmicky thing of like flipping the pages and like a color plate and like these short story things and I just thought it fit perfectly for what they were doing. Some more shout outs and I gave some on the memo so I don't want to say too much, but um, if you are a fan of the Coen brothers and you're willing to kind of say, okay, can I, can I go along along with this format of like six different stories that don't intersect at all other than thematically, um, then I would say do it. I was very surprised by how much I loved it. I've talked with multiple people, two of my brother-in-laws, we've talked at length about it. And when I threw it on last night, weirdly I kind of expected like, oh, will i not like it as much, and I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, what the Coen brothers did here is, to me, unlike anything I'd ever seen in a movie, although I'm sure there are anthologies and stuff like that. But for every anthology to be made so well, as if a mini movie, I mean, that sounds stupid to say, but, for them to spend so much time on each of them and not take turn it into a TV show or something to allow each thing to be be short story like I just thought was really cool and it actually ended up amplifying the effect for me because it was like I was getting a movie with incredible resonance once every 20 25 minutes mm-hmm. you know the moments that make a movie great are often not always like some beginning moments and usually some climactic moments those were happening so fast. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I don't think I've ever felt so excited about a movie throughout because you have all these mini movies. So I, I just, I was a big fan, and I, I, realize it's not, you know, everyone's cup of tea. And I know it didn't make a lot of lists, but the, the screenplay nomination was super gratifying. I don't think there's any chance they'll win, but I'll be rooting because I, I, just love what the Coens did. Sweet,
2: yeah. My Eric. number one. More Netflix love. Yeah, I knew it. Roma, number nice. one. Yep you
1: scared me you said something that made me think you really loved Welcome to Marwin, so I was like this one's I don't even think he saw it I never see it see it I I, I had, like, attacked a movie you cherished no. Okay. no sorry tell Feel us about Roma to continue to attack continue um, to attack
2: with all your might Um, just Alfonso start with Alfonso director Uh cinematographer writer editor editor yeah. my goodness what can he not do but I thought this—you could tell this was a personal, like this. This dealt with stuff that were was close to his heart. Yeah. It came through to me. I I felt like I had a similar uh, experience with where you walked away from favorite, thinking about it, and it stayed with you. I watched it early in the morning, and as I I like I was floored by it. Like it was, I I I I had started it a couple times and i hadn't given it the attention that it needed cuz you got to you got to stay with it yeah longer. yeah you have to focus you, you have, have to give it your attention for sure. And, for sure and so i did it early in the morning watched it and throughout the day i was like a couple of times i had to be spaced out just like thinking about it and thinking some of the complexities whether it was um, you know workplace whether it was uh uh, there's just so many complexities to it yeah. I feel like so layers. marriages marriages family employer employee relationships yeah.
0: employer i mean employee employee relationships Sur- mm. yeah
2: service i felt like yeah. family i felt like um just what what is what is life and then the historical elements too Because yeah. i got i got thinking about well what is that time period like and i i wasn 't on the podcast with you guys, but yeah. i mean it was it was an impressive uh for me and, and I, I went into it knowing Chad's love for Alfonso I don't hold the same love but I also have respect for him so I'm, I went into it thinking okay let's see what this is about um, and I, I just walked away being you know floored by it I felt like the the Oscar nominations for the lead and uh, yeah. supporting were fantastic yeah. I thought well deserved and giving praise and giving some credit where it's due uh, and then to release it on Netflix and let everybody who can get their hands on it. Yeah, He
0: said some pretty interesting things too when he won the Golden Globe and and people were like, well, don't you think you're killing theaters? And he's like, do you know how many more people got to see this movie? Yeah. yeah. Do you know how much more reach it has? He's like, and who's going to gonna me, go see a black... I mean, he didn't use these exact words.
2: But essentially... But it's, it's a black really and white foreign think. film in
0: another language. Like, yeah, theater experience. We did put it in the theaters for a little while, but let's get it to the people's yeah, eyes. Let people yeah. see it.
1: That's yeah. such a cool
0: perspective, right? <laughs> yeah. Especially for a director as re- well respected and as Alphonse Afon- exactly. And I thought, and I
2: thought for the what it's talking about, like you're dealing with, uh, you know, uh, families that are, you know, in, in Mexico. Like, pe- you're getting a story out to people who might not be able to go to the theater and might not be able to see those things. I I felt like that was an interesting way. We're gonna we're gonna bring it to you guys. I thought that was an interesting take on how he he
0: did it. Awesome, yeah. Some good movies, right? It's fun to do things like this because we get to think back fondly on a lot of the great movies that came out. Uh, In my very quick analysis, which may be false, I think The Favourite and Roma were the only two that were on all three of our lists.
1: That sounds right. Which
0: are the top two Oscar-nominated movies and were number one and number two on both Entertainment Weekly Critics lists. Except it went Favorite Roma for both of them, Uh which is kind of interesting. One for Favorite, two for Roma. Um, February 19th, that's the plan for when we're going to do Facebook Live videos. We'll try to set it as an event if you follow us on Facebook. And we like to just sit in front of the camera and tell you what we do as if we were the award show host. So we'll do that. Um, And anything else? I think that's it. Yeah, some stuff that you can see right now. Netflix, Buster Scruggs, Leave No Trace. Those are all streaming in in certain places. Are there any others that... Are streaming right now that you guys that we mentioned uh, that probably we should have looked it up
1: already like on a service subscription yeah now.
0: Netflix Netflix Amazon Prime for mm-hmm. for those couple thank you for listening uh, let us know what you thought let us know what some of your favorites were of the year and uh, hopefully we can kind of count down to the Oscars with you thanks later. See you.